0: bing bong i am live with another edition of the state of bitcoin podcast where i'm joined by ben at gen z for btc ben is on a mission to help educate children his age and maybe a little bit older maybe a little bit younger his generation all about bitcoin how to preserve their wealth about money how uh you know the government's debasing their currency and much much more so tune in to hear about Ben's mission, as Greg Foss always says, hashtag for the kids. So shout out to Greg for the introduction. And uh, shout out to Ben and his mom for their mission to educate kids more on Bitcoin. So be sure to follow them at Gen Z4BTC. That's the number four. So Gen number four or Gen Z number four BTC on Twitter and Gen 4 btc.com for everything that they've got going on help support the mission help support a young entrepreneur doing his thing and yeah now let's get into the episode whoosh bing bong i'm back with another edition of the state of bitcoin podcast where i've got ben gen z for btc in the waiting room so we're going to talk about his orange pill story what his mission is behind gen z for btc and much much more so stay tuned for that but Shout out to my sponsor, shout out to Pleb Lab in down in the Mecca in Austin, Texas. They've got startup day August 21st and 22nd. So be sure to get your tickets. You can go to pleblab.com, get your tickets. There's going to be a lot of panels, a lot of uh, startups presenting their cool ideas, companies, uh, products, services, all that kind of stuff. So be sure to go in and check that out. That is right before BitBlock boom. So if you're going to BitBlock boom, pop in a couple days early, hang out with some Bitcoiners. And if you haven't bought your ticket for BitBlockBoom yet, use promo code green candle. That's all one word, all lowercase green candle at bitblockboom.com. And you'll get 10% off your entire order. So be sure to do that and join me and a bunch of other Bitcoiners down in the Mecca in Austin, Texas, uh, August 21st through what, like the 26th, 7th, 8th, or so. So yeah, it should be a good time. So enough for me. We've got Ben in the waiting room here. Ben, how are we doing today, man? How you doing?
1: Good. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on here, getting to talk to all you guys. I get to talk to you, Brandon. Thank you.
0: Yeah, of course. So we had a little mix-up trying to get it in person, but I'm glad we we're able to get it to work out here and uh, have you have you on here today. But uh, for those who don't know yet, don't know the mission behind Gen Z uh, for BTC, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so my name is Benjamin. I am currently 13. I'm about to turn 14. I live in Florida and uh, I was just down in Bitcoin Miami and I got to talk to a bunch of people and I had an idea before about teaching the youth and teenagers about Bitcoin because we're not taught it in school. So that's how all this got started, the idea to inform and teach the kids about what we need to know about money and Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, that's great stuff. So, um, you know, I had the pleasure of meeting you and your mom a little bit before this. Uh, and your mom told me she orange pilled you. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that story. How did that happen? And uh, yeah, how, how, how did you receive it as first? Because I know like for me personally, I, I think I'd probably discredit it and be like, all right, mom, like enough of that um, mm-hmm. right away. So h- how did that conversation end up going? And uh, how did she end up like kind of, I guess, converting you and giving you that orange pill?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go back a long, long time ago from when my mom first got into it. So I think, I don't know the exact dates. I don't want to be wrong on this, but like this was like right after it came out, like a year or two after it came out. My mom heard about it from one of her like nerdy college friends and uh, she was like going to buy some Bitcoin. But at that time, that was when you would have to like go meet somebody in the McDonald's parking lot and give them like $500 and hope they didn't take it. So my mom was about to do that twice, like had to actually like meet it up and then she canceled out on it cause she was too nervous, which is understandable being a woman going meeting some random dude in a parking lot. But then 2018 came along, I think she said like the last bull market or around that time She saw it. She's like, oh, dang, I should have bought it a year ago. It's too late now. So she didn't do it. And then this time, so two years ago, I think think it was 2019 or, or no, I think it was 2020. She decided to give herself $500 for Christmas present and learn how to trade Bitcoin and make accounts and educated herself really well on how it worked to a basic standpoint, how to do everything securely and safely that's what mattered to her. And uh, I remember it was Christmas break. Every single time I'd walk out of my room from playing video games or come inside from being outside playing with my friends, she would just have videos up teaching her about Bitcoin and money and what's happening around the world. And she would tell me, hey, Ben, this is really important. You should go look up these videos so you can see what's happening. And I was like, "Mm, I'd rather go play video games. Mm, I'd rather go outside, which is understandable because I was like, 11 i think 11 or 12 just trying to have fun didn't matter to me that much and then like just even after christmas break just throughout the year i remember just always seeing her having videos up and she kept learning and i even watched like one or two like videos but like i saw it i knew bitcoin was important like because people would say it's important but i didn't understand why and how it like would actually play a role so it didn't matter to me that much and then Again, I watched, like, a couple more videos, didn't do too much, and then I would say about, like, a year ago, I watched a video, and it just clicked in my head. And that was after I got explained about the Canada trucking event, and how all that protesting went, and the donations and stuff, and whatever, all that stuff happened, really just blew my mind that the government was able to stop you from donating, and... That was just crazy in my mind. And then it really clicked that Bitcoin is like just a separate currency separated from fiat money. And you don't have to worry about the government controlling you. And then I just stayed up all night one night watching videos. And I was like, somebody was sponsored by Bitcoin Miami or something. Somebody brought up Bitcoin Miami. I was like, we live in Florida. We could drive down there. And I was like, hey, mom, can we go here? And she already knew about it. And she like at first she said, no, it's too expensive because she has to work and I have school and then she was like you know what maybe so she just like kind of waited some time and like actually no three weeks after she's like hey Ben you still want to go to Bitcoin Miami I was like yeah I really want to go so then she reached out to Greg Foss shout out to him he surprisingly answered my mom really quick I remember and was like yeah it would be fine to bring a kid out she was just asking if it would be fine to bring a kid And then that's how all that happened. And my idea was also to teach kids because I remember the struggle of me learning like the basics, like learning where to start because it's not like a straight line to learn. You have to learn some about money. You have to learn about like history of money to be able to fully understand Bitcoin and what its purpose is. So that's that's how my idea came along. Sorry to go on. That's basically the whole story. Oh
0: man, that's that's great stuff. That's how that's what these are for, right? For you to go mm-hmm. on and learn these things. So, I mean, that's that's overall just awesome. But you know, for somebody, you said what you're uh, you're just starting freshman year of high school, right? Um, yes. Yeah. So how did I guess? How does this like I, I guess kind of like you one you brought up the videos, right? So I feel like that's a great way to learn. Do you remember the video that like kind of like the title or the name maybe of of the one that like really helped you click?
1: Oh gosh. If yeah, I,
0: very,
1: I oh my god! I literally was just talking to somebody about this earlier, and I always forget the name. I've watched um, World Money. I, I could go on my phone and check here. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna see if it's on my YouTube history really quick. I remember I watched so many of them, like all of them. If you name any of the popular ones, then it'll click to my head. But I've watched all of them. any of the pretty much. I'll state it like this. Any of the documentaries that basically went through a timeline of Bitcoin with lots of visual cues because I'm really better visually than auditory, and uh, it's like candy to my mind. Just learning the history of it, learning how it affected the world, and even learning about all the anonymous groups like that all came into play with how Bitcoin is going to affect the world. You get know what I mean? Yeah. I gotta, this,
0: yeah. This
1: has to explain why and how it matters.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's great stuff. But um, you know, for you, it seems like it's pretty. I mean, at least for when I was your age, at least I feel like I wasn't very interested in this these these kind of things. So mm-hmm. you know, when you when you like talk to your friends and other things at school, maybe at you know sports practice or whatever, um, do any of them? Uh, I guess one like know that you're a big Bitcoiner or uh, like have any sort of care in the world about about uh, you know Bitcoin or like fiat money or anything like that
1: Yeah that's a that's a great question because I do football and wrestling like full- time I play both sports and going to both practices every day and a bunch of my friends know that I'm involved in Bitcoin and like they've seen you bring books to school and stuff they don't question it that much like a lot of people just see it' as, like always doing his Bitcoin, like they say it kind of is a bad thing. Like he's doing his Bitcoin cause like they know I'm not like a nerd nerd and they wonder why I'm reading a book instead of being in the football lunch table. And um, I get like mixed feelings. Some like smart kids in school and ones I get like good grades and are halfway educated about money are like, Hey Ben, like they come up to me and generally ask like, why are you using, why are you trying to learn about Bitcoin when it just crashed? All the way down and they said you could be in like a 401k or using any of the other things that are more safe and secure. I Like just that's when it clicked that we're not taught about anything in school and even the kids that have straight A's and are in all the advanced classes they still don't know anything about what's happening with our money and what they're getting into as soon as they graduate and get their first job at McDonald's or whatever. As soon as they get their paycheck and they realize they have to pay bills and taxes and everything. And then then I feel like it's too late a lot of the time when they get into all that debt. I just feel like it's sad that kids don't have a chance. Like, you know, the saying that you get Bitcoin when you deserve it. People get into Bitcoin when they deserve it. I don't think kids deserve to get into it 10 years from now just because they weren't taught it simply. like Even if, like, they were taught it and they didn't, like, care that much about it. It's understandable because they're a kid and they don't have to pay for their stuff. And that's when I get to, like, the age of 16 to, like, 20, like, low 20s. So, like, if you're not taught about it, then that's not fair because you don't even know there's another option to go to. You get what I mean? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help.
0: Yeah, and that's great stuff. And, I mean, you know, you named a, a demographic that you're very close to, right, The age 16 to 20 and it's that's a very interesting demographic, right? Because, you know, one they're like either still in high school or like just graduating, and maybe in yeah. college. And majority of those kids are making minimum wage, doing something like I don't know McDonald's weekend. Mm-hmm. I was a lifeguard for a little bit. You know, you just kind of get these like little jobs here or there. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're Not making a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. You're not making a lot of money and it's taxed a lot. And then you're, you know, you're usually just told to kind of put that in a savings account and then mm-hmm. it just sits there forever. And then, you know, that, that by that time when, you know, you get to the age of when it, wanting to use that for something, I don't know, meaningful, maybe a house or something like that, you're going to need like 10 times the amount of what you were able to save because, you know, the de- devaluation of your currency. So, um, you know, I know you said you you get kind of like I guess the nerdy kids who who maybe like uh, understand a little bit more about finances that come up to you and ask you more about like four hundred one ks and things like that. But it seems like that's I guess I like to me I wasn't really taught that in school. It, it's more so from the parents kind of side of things. Yeah,
1: right? the yeah the parents. Yeah, so well, yeah They we're not taught that at school. Like, go on. What were you gonna say?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like, do you do you think like basically that's just kind of you know, where you've had your advantage is like, your mom was really into it, and so, like, you've been able to, like, kind of, I guess, been guided in the right direction, whereas, like, yeah. most kids, you know, their parents are, like, put it in the savings account and 401k and that kind of thing.
1: hmm So, yeah, I would say that, like, the kids that I've talked to that know anything definitely learn from their parents, because, like, Lots of parents like are successful business owners or own little businesses. And in order to own a business, you have to understand money to a basic level and how it works. And how it moves around because that's just how it is. Like a book that I read a long time ago, like two or three years ago was rich dad, poor dad. And like, even though it's not like the most liked book, I think it's a great like starter book because it's super easy to read. And it just like showed me so much of the world and how it's, actually not so perfect in America money-wise and like if kids just learned a little bit about that then they could realize it's important to like know there's another option or like I don't even know I think we're not taught anything in school last year in civics the class I expected to learn about money I would always ask the teacher every single new quarter or new semester are we going to learn about money this semester and she's like no Ben we're not learning about money Go read a book about it or go ask her mom. And I was like, okay. Like, she was, like, mad at me for asking, even though I only asked, like, five times the whole year. And I was just mind blown because we were supposed to learn about American government history over, like, the last 200 years. And we never learned about any of the financial decisions, which blows my mind because that's also how a government forms is all the financial decisions they made. Like, in world history this year, I had a really good teacher with that actually like like to teach us and she was probably my favorite teacher she would obviously do a bunch of fun things and she was a teacher that always talked to me about it and would see me reading my book and like let me read it in class or whatever whenever I finished my work and she actually understood money in a way because she knew how monetary systems were in the past and which ones failed which ones succeeded and how it like affected the society so I think that's like the reason why if you don't you need to know the history of it
0: yeah, no, and that's big, right? I mean, like knowing the history of like what has has worked in the past, what has failed, and it's basically every single fiat currency has failed up until like this point, um, you know, excluding the U.S. dollar. But I mean, we're we're still kind of living in that era, so it is, you know, pretty interesting that you know teachers and, and and I think that that's kind of like, you know, the what you're describing here with your teachers is just kind of how like the general population is, is that you know people who like kind of sit back and like think about you know money how how many things that money can touch those are the people that seem to care more so about bitcoin the devaluation of the current uh you know monetary policy all that kind of stuff whereas like the average person doesn't really you know want to care about any of that thing they just want to get their paycheck and not have to worry um so you know what what when you're trying to, I guess, like educate people, uh, you know, the Gen Z population, the Gen Z for BTC kind of movement, uh, you know, how, are I guess, how are you kind of like approaching that? Are you just, you know, more so, I guess, you know, kind of doing it, spreading it to the masses, like on social media, that kind of stuff. Like, how do you want to uh, get the message out there for everybody to kind of, uh, you know, start to absorb?
1: Yeah. So what I'm going to go about right now I have a, I have a bunch of plans, but the one I'm trying to do right now is, I don't know if you've seen my example video of the devaluation of the dollar using cups of soda, which is on my Twitter. And that's whenever we took, like, two different sodas. One was orange and one was purple. Orange was Bitcoin and purple was fiat money. And we would show how over time that purple soda would be, like, this full the first time, and it would be completely pure soda. So it'd be one full dollar. And then 10 years later, it would still be full, but it wouldn't be a full dollar, it'd be half a dollar. And like, you can't buy as much, doesn't taste as good. Like I had my little neighborhood friends come over and help record me or record us, and it didn't taste as good and it was fun to do it, but it was trying to show in a visual way that like what's happening right now matters. So I'm trying to go about visual, ways to explain to kids in short videos because that's all kids can watch nowadays is they can't even watch a 20 minute long video let alone read a book so trying to easiest way to get to them i feel like it's going to be in short content videos and then eventually i could have like a whole platform and stuff to go to but yeah that's that's the idea to get kids to just realize that there's another option and what's our money is not going to be like how it is now in 20 years
0: yeah and I think that that, you know you have a good plan there because I think the short videos kind of grab people in and then Mm -hmm. they can go find some longer form somewhere yeah like
1: that's the idea just to hook them because that's all you need
0: I feel like that's probably how you you know kind of learned right I mean you had like little uh things here or there from your mom she kind of probably told you a little bit here Mm and there you kind of just Saw it enough, and then eventually you just watched a long video. Yeah.
1: I forgot the word, but yeah, that's how it is. Like I feel like nobody sees one thing, unless you're, or this is for kids at least. Adults, I'm not sure, because you guys have bills and stuff, and you guys are already worried about money. But for kids at least, we don't have to pay bills. We have a roof over our head for just living. And so there's no worry for us. But I think if you slowly show – Just over, like you don't, I think if you force it, it won't work. So I think just slowly say, if you see a little video there, little video there, you'll realize, oh, these shoes are like $200, $400 even now you could, I could have put this into Bitcoin and it would save its value or this money, like just a bunch of different things that would just click into their head eventually that it's important.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's the big, big thing, right? I mean, it's it's the touch points is, that, is what I like mm-hmm. to call it. Yeah, right? that's
1: the word, the touch points. You just, little yeah. things. Like forcing is not a good idea, in my opinion. If, if any parents try to teach their kids about it or say they're going to teach it when they turn 13, if they don't want to learn it, they're not going to learn it. If you give them a book, they'll burn it in a fire. <laughs> like, yeah. they don't want to read it. They won't try to learn about it. You have to get them interested themselves and you have to have them question things, like question why um, gas was less than a dollar 50 years ago, or like, I don't even know that to scale, but like you get what I mean? Why is why are you always complaining about gas prices going up? Why, why is everything going up? Why, I like, I don't even know, just you need to get them to question about what's happening with all our money right now so they can try to learn themselves
0: yeah and i mean it's it's right right i mean and i know you said adults might not need as many touch points but i know i definitely did and i mean it sounds like you know your mom kind of ran into bitcoin a couple times too before she ended up you Mm -hmm. know right i mean so it's not like it's not just kids i think it's just people in general these days just need uh you know multiple touch points so anything you can do to kind of uh you know i guess spread the word um you know that the the better that uh, the message can get out there. So, um, you know, I, I like the small videos or short videos idea. But, um, you know, for those listening in the crowd, you know, is, is there anything that, you know, I guess the Bitcoin community can help you do uh, to help spread the word, obviously, you know, interacting with you on social media, that kind of stuff. But uh, anything outside of that that you think that you like, I guess maybe need some help with or uh, have some ideas for that maybe somebody listening can help you out with?
1: Yeah, so actually one thing I'm trying to do right now, just a little side thing, is we're gonna it's a I don't know if I released it yet completely, but it has to do with saving satoshis for future kids and this is just an idea that for every single Bitcoiner, like act like actual Bitcoiners, if you own one Bitcoin, that means you could definitely set aside twenty dollars with Bitcoin in an account for a kid in the future or a young like adult in the future to give to them, to teach them. Like how in my mind I thought of it is rich dad, poor dad, when poor dad's son went to rich dad to learn about money, not get money or not learn a skill, how to get money about like to learn how money works. That's what I think of it as like, you could have a kid and you could teach them about money. You could teach them about Bitcoin and then sure they could mow your lawn or whatever. And you could give it to them for the original price, which is like $25 or whatever. It could be worth $200 then. And then you could also teach them. So that's what I'm trying to do right now. Is I don't think we've launched the website yet, the little web page, but it's just going to be every Bitcoiner set aside an account with $25, $50 in it for some person in the future, some kid or some, even your own kid in the future, if they grow up or whenever you feel like it, you can teach them about Bitcoin and set aside it for them, for somebody in the future. You get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I get it, right? I mean, it's saving and then passing on to the next generation. Yeah, it's like like Greg Foss some, says.
1: Somebody that you care about. Yeah.
0: yeah, for the kids, right? So Maybe a pre-
1: Christmas present or birthday present because it could be worth a lot more in the future. So that's the idea is because kids don't get a chance now. So, um, so this is just to help a little bit more people in the future and buy up some more Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you you seem like a very bright kid, and you know you've been going going down this rabbit hole, right? I mean, you wanted to go to Bitcoin Miami and learn, and you you're actively learning, wanting to put in you know the proof of work kind of in the in the Bitcoin mm-hmm. space. So after you've kind of gone through, and you know you've gone through like the orange pill journey, and now that you're going through all this with You know gen z for btc how do you think like bitcoin has i guess changed your life changed uh you know the way you think and uh yeah like all all that kind of stuff i'll leave it kind of broad for you
1: Mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely over the last year of learning changed how i see the world like think about like goggles right I got a whole new pair of goggles. So I see the world differently. How I look at, you see, when I see it like a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill, see it so much differently now, just like of what its meaning is. Like the meaning of money is different now in my mind. The meaning of American dollar is different now in my mind. I don't see it as, oh, valuable, extremely valuable. You can trade it for everything. I see it as somebody may accept it and trade for something, but it's not, like it doesn't have actual value to it unless you trust somebody else to take it. And you can't trust people all the time. People are not known for being the most trust- trustworthy when it comes down to life or death or buying food to live or not. So I think that since it doesn't have actual value, it's just a piece of paper that you hope somebody else will take for actual valued food, gold, water, or whatever it is, I think. I guess it's a very broad question. I I think that hmm, it's just changed how I see. That's the easiest way. Like,
0: yeah. No, I mean, it's it,
1: my easy way thing. for swaying. Yeah. Reward.
0: No, for sure. Because at first, like, I think everybody kind of sees, yeah, like you said, like the dollar as like some sort of value thing, right? Yeah. Like, if you were to go and like tear a dollar in somebody's face, they'd freak out probably like the right because you're just ripping up money but you know in in the end right it's either time energy you know it's it's some sort of medium of exchange right like you you've used mowing a lawn as an example right so how much is your time uh to uh I guess mow this person's lawn worth to both parties and they come in an agreement right I mean it could be something for I don't know like this person makes you dinner or you know something else it doesn't necessarily have to be money Um, And so like kind of, I guess, understanding that at like a young age, I think is, is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I I think that's great. But, uh, you know, outside of that, you know, just kind of like your, your view on the world lens, do you think you take anything like, uh, I guess, specifically maybe into something when it comes to sports, school, uh, something else where like, maybe it's discipline, maybe it's showing up every day, maybe it's, you know, something like small, but you kind of I guess are more cognizant and you know think a little bit more about when you uh, you know go through your day to day.
1: Yeah, so that's a that's actually a big thing. I've, so being in sports for like the last three years, like pretty hard sports, football and wrestling. One of the big thing is with wrestling, I would say it's all about who wants it more. So that's literally, in my opinion, the definition of proof of work. You wrestle in a weight class. There's no excuses to you losing except for they worked harder than you and there's proof of it and now it just like connects in my mind the value of the work stays there and it won't be like as long as you're practicing and keeping up that like work the proof will be there as soon as you have that match and you win and you get your hand raised it's just a amazing feeling of knowing that you did something and then it also makes me think about if you think if you when people see dollars and they think that is proof of work it's proof of you doing something, but it gets devalued. Like it's so crazy. They say I ran a mile and I earned ten dollars for every mile. In ten years, it could show I only ran half a mile, even though I ran a full mile and it's not worth as much, even though it's the same thing that I earned. So it gets devalued. And then I see the relation of that all the time. And same with football, just if you put in a Month of lifting, you'll have the proof of work that you can lift more weight the next month, and it all just makes sense. It all clicks. I've always known, of course, if you do something you work hard at it, you'll get something in return, you'll do better at it. It just clicks in my mind now, for sure. Now that I'm within Bitcoin,
0: yeah, and I think sports are like a great teacher for that, right? I mean, yeah, definitely. wrestling and and football right I mean everybody can kind of relate to maybe not those sports exactly but you know whether it's running or something else like like you said right I mean you're not going to be as strong as you were the first day you started lifting uh compared to like you know what you're at right right now right I mean you're gonna build over time as long as you have that consistency that proof of work and uh you know everything like that but um you know it seems like there's kind of I guess, maybe three sections of, uh, you know, kind of Bitcoin, right? I mean, there's the the philosophical section where it's like, all right, it's freedom technology. You know, you brought up the Canadian truckers convoy, like that kind of stuff, like people unable to confiscate it. Then there's kind of like the mining and and, uh, sector of it where, you know, a lot of people who work in energy Um, You know, maybe the computers kind of stuff. And then there's like the developer side of things, Um, at least the way I see it. It seems like you're kind of more on the the philosophical side of things. Would you kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would agree. That's what I'm focusing on right now and focusing on putting out because that's what matters to most of the population. But I think the reason why Bitcoin is how it is, is that it includes everything. Like this may not be completely right, but if I'm correct, gold is in a way like that it's a thing that you can hold or like this is one like why gold is also known as being valuable it's because you can hold it it's yours you own it you're free to have it it costs energy and work to mine it and it also has use in electronics and use in stuff and that's why it's successful in bitcoin it's literally just a better version of it because you can send it and you can still own it, but you can own it online and send it across, and it's backed and trusted, and you have freedom too. So it's like that's how I can relate it. So yeah, I'm probably more on the freedom side right now, and putting that information out. But I think all of them are important. Like it's all like a tree that's connected. Without one of them, I think it would fall apart probably. So all of it's important. But right now, I'm on the freedom side.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with that 100%. And I think, you know, the freedom side of thing just really shows like, you know, how money kind of touches almost everything, right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, we were talking a little bit last time when we were we were hanging out in person about how, you know, you're you're like big on eating steak and, and red meat and yeah. kind of the chicken. You're almost like the carnivore diet before you even found out like the Bitcoin Twitter is kind of getting on there. So, you know, have you kind of, uh, I guess, gone down that rabbit hole to see almost like, how much money touches everything in our society and kind of how like, you know, the devaluation of our money has caused kind of like the, the den- devaluation
1: of our food. Yeah. And that Same kind of thing. stuff. I went to the, oh, I forgot what it was called. Um, uh, oh, how's sound money
0: The sound yeah, money,
1: sound, sound money, sound food. I think it was called. Yep, It was by me. It was a Bitcoin Bay meetup, I think. And we went to a restaurant. They all had, um, healthy food that was natural and we learned also a lot about how money is like changing the way we eat and our health which i think is crazy like we're used to being able to go to the store and get something for really cheap and then when you see one well, that's healthy and it's more expensive we're like wow i get that if it's more expensive in reality what you're getting this cheap isn't real it's literally like think about getting cardboard Versus having like actual bread, it could it's literally just fake and like blasted with chemicals that are bad for your health and cheap to make. So I think that that's also one thing. You're right that with when it comes to food, at least and eating, not even healthy food, just not like corrupted food. It's important to like know that when it's uh, five dollars more for a pound of meat versus one that could have like a bunch of dye in it and one that could like be bad. It's worth getting sound food versus food that could be fake and like corrupted by money just because it's cheaper.
0: Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's what a lot of people are, are running into. Right. I mean, it's like they need to, you know, make these, these margins, right. They need to make a certain amount of money. And because um, you know, everything is getting more expensive uh, those margins need to, or everything needs to go up in price or they need to find ways to make the product, you know, a little bit cheaper. Right. Which is usually making it fake, making the fake cutting meat.
1: out on the food, So I think it's not a good idea on your, on your spinning spreadsheet, cutting out on your food costs, like the ones that you buy eating out. Like that's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like what you buy in the grocery store, cutting out on the money on that. I don't think is a good idea unless it is a complete need, which really nothing should be over that because that's for your health. Your health is over everything. So I think that why people cut out on it is just because it tastes good sometimes or you have the illusion that it does because it's corrupted and meant to using chemicals, which sounds weird like I had a whole, when we learned about it at the Sound Money, Sound Food, we learned about what seed oils go through and the process and all the chemicals. And it was so crazy that some of them are used for like rat poisoning and like some really, really bad stuff. And I don't know how we're allowed to eat it or how it's allowed because it's just so cheap to put in. And it is in replace for real stuff and it's cheaper and it's also bad for your health. So, yeah, I think it's just crazy. It's a great thing, though, to learn about.
0: Yeah, and like uh, that's another thing that we aren't really taught about, right? I mean, you get the the food pyramid I remember learning about in school, right, I mean, where everybody would tell you to eat a lot of carbs and kind of, you know, as uh, avoid the red meats because it causes, you know, heart problems. But if you kind of dig down into that study, it's not necessarily, you know, the best, I guess, human study that that's ever been conducted. So, I mean, there's a lot of, like, misinformation out there. So, you know, when you're, when you're, uh, you know, I guess learning things in school, right? Ha- have you like kind of found that? I don't know, like maybe this, this makes you question a little bit more of like what you're being taught in school or um, maybe uh, I, I guess kind of, uh, yeah, make you dig a little bit deeper when and and not necessarily, I guess, believe everything that your teachers are telling you or mm-hmm. uh, do you, are uh, have you not gotten that far just yet?
1: Oh yeah, no, for no, that's for sure. Ever since I started learning about money and Bitcoin, it's made me question everything the teachers are telling us because they're only allowed to tell us what the government wants them to tell us legally. And if they go off track in what they believe, then they could get in trouble and fired because the government wants certain employees and people to be created out of the school system if they and they don't care what they need to get it. They want workers to go and do stuff and pay taxes then they'll start it from when they're just kids and corrupt their minds and change the way they think and see the world to, oh yeah, it's fine if I go cut out on food and get a bunch of bleached bread and a bunch of unhealthy stuff or eventually like lab grown meat or whatever they create in the future. Like they're going to be like, yeah, you should get that. It's proven to be healthy because they'll find some like fake study or something that's not true or created by the government to corrupt and alter the way kids think because it's like a growing tree if their thing, bottom of the tree is messed up, then as they grow, you could lean over and fall or whatever. Like I think like in PE, the PE coach is always wrong about when we have nutrition conversations, he's like maybe maybe I could be wrong, but I do lots of research about nutrition because I'm a wrestler and I have to diet pretty strangely. That's so how I'm gonna state it. because like sometimes it's really strict and sometimes it's really lean. Whenever I'm like trying to gain weight, I'll eat like a crazy amount of food. And my PE coach would be like, that's unhealthy, you're gonna have a heart attack. Or like something bad would happen. And I think that's just because they're eating the wrong foods, the wrong types of carbs, the stuff that is bad for you. And then I don't know why people that are uneducated about it and, or not up to date on it is allowed to teach kids and shape the way the bottom of the tree looks for their life and change how they see it.
0: All right. I have a question. Is your PE coach or teacher or whatever you want to call them, uh, are they in shape? Are they in good, like physical fitness? Or, I mean, I don't know if they're going to see this, but, you know, to me, when I was in high school, mine was not. And so when they were giving us health advice, I always thought it was kind of funny because, you know, they obviously didn't uh, listen to anything that they said, or maybe they did. And that's how they turned out like that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a very, they, maybe they did listen. and That's how they turned out. Yeah. So no, none of them are in good. I mean, in American, if you think about the average American being like slightly overweight now, they aren't in terrible shape. Like it's not like they're obese, like I'm, but they aren't in good shape. They are not able to run every single day they're not in athletic shape or just standard healthy shape so yeah i would say they are in the right they're not in the right to be telling us how to be in shape if they themselves can't stay in shape like i'm i'm sure they were in shape in high school or whatever but if they can't keep it as an adult that's the reason why we're learning it to be able to stay in shape because as a kid you can eat whatever you want and be in shape but once you get to be an adult if you're not taught correctly again you could fall Through in the wrong path and just start eating bad. It's really hard to recover sometimes mentally, especially with the prices of everything. It's like I feel like the whole world is just. Yeah, that's one thing, thing. Sorry to go off. Ever since learning about Bitcoin, started realizing everything. I feel like the whole world is against you in terms of everything. It's all comes back to money and cost and like survival of people and increasing those profit margins, like to the where the point they're putting out on health now, like. The average American is overweight, which just blows my mind. Because before, there's countries that have it's illegal to cut out on eating things, and all of them are in perfectly good shape. The ones that are, it's illegal to use like bad seed oils or bad things. It's all comes down to whether they're willing to cut out on your health. See, that's what. Yeah, that's one big thing I think. So it all comes back to how you learn and see the world.
0: No, and I, I agree with you 100%. And I think it's unfortunate now too, but I think what that makes what you're doing even more important, right? Because, you know, we're having inflation, right? Uh, at a crazy rate, um, mm-hmm. obviously you know, with, with 2020 and everything like kind of blowing up, it's it's even crazier than mm-hmm. you know, maybe five, 10 years ago. And that makes it for, you know, kids your age and kids younger than you, and maybe even just a few years older than you into a bad pl- place, right? Because they're going to have to come out of college Either you know one like earn a lot of money right away, or two like in massive amounts of student loan debt, and then basically trying to claw claw their way back. Um, So that's why I think it's extremely important uh, to to see what you're doing. And I you know coming from a kid right about the same age as a lot of these kids that you're teaching, I think is even you know even better because you know coming from somebody either you know like myself or even older like a parent's age, sometimes it gets discredited. So, you know, I I know you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the kids, maybe your friends at school or, you know, maybe on your football or wrestling team. But, uh, you know, when you've done this stuff and kind of made the videos on the Internet, how do you feel like the response has been? Have you gotten a lot of uh, responses from kids your age or is it more so, uh, I guess, still like kind of like adults, I guess, trying to help you spread the word?
1: yeah so i'm gonna be honest right now it's just adults trying to help spread the word but from the kids that i have shown they understood it like a couple of my friends like one of my friends like had no clue about bitcoin she like really didn't she was nice like she wasn't one of the people that would like put it off and be like oh you're stupid bitcoin she actually was wondering about it and i remember i was trying to explain it to her because i wanted to show her the video but then i couldn't on my phone for some reason i tried to explain it and she like heard all the words i was saying but just had no clue what they all meant together and i was using simple words too or trying to at least which is just fine that's how i am if somebody tries to explain something to me that i don't know anything about i will not understand it 10 minutes later and then whenever i showed her the video i didn't even like commentary through it i just showed it to her and she's like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense and that was crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think like the videos are a great way to visually learn. And I think, you know, a lot of people learn that way. Right. I mean, through, through videos, through, I mean, some people through books, but I think like less and less. was So the more like, I guess, the kind of quick hitters like, that you were talking about, like right? Like a two minute video or shorter um, is going to help a lot of people kind of, uh, I guess, uh, learn a little bit more. So uh, you said you went to Bitcoin Miami. Uh, do you have any plans for any future conferences? I know we kind of talked about this like a little bit previously, but um, yeah. Do you have any plans to go to any other ones? And is there anything-
1: yeah, so- as of right now, I'm I'm looking for like the near future, or I'm gonna say I want to get to as many as I can. Like my dream, my goal, as of right now, whenever I get a little bit older, is going to be to be able to go and speak myself, like in panels and stuff, about getting kids to learn about it and getting kids to teach their parents and parents to teach their kids to get all of that like up and involved. Because a lot of people still are only stuck on the Like Boomer money, the people who have money. But I'm worried about the people who are going to get money. Yeah, that that would be a goal. But right now I'm just focused on getting to um, Pacific Bitcoin, which I'm trying to work on gathering money or seeing who can help me out with getting out there because that's a really, really big goal I want to do. Like my next big step, I was thinking about having a panel with one of my buddies, Arsh, with Generation Bitcoin. He's really smart and cool. And it could be like a little like kids themed panel about getting kids involved or whatever. We're not sure about that yet, but that would be a goal I have to do would be to do that and get out to Pacific Bitcoin for my next thing.
0: Awesome. Well, hopefully somebody watching this can, uh, can help you get out there and uh, yeah, that, that'd be some great stuff, but uh, you've been very generous to, to come on and uh, you and your mom drive out and unfortunately didn't work in person, but you, you, we made it work. And so, uh, yeah, man, it was great to get to talk to you. So hopefully I could help you out a little bit more. So let me know, uh, let me and the audience know where they can find you on the internet and uh, yeah, how else we can help you out.
1: So I am, my name is Benjamin. I have Twitter and uh, you can also contact my email at yo at Gen Z for btc at gmail.com. And then my Twitter is genz for btc so should be pretty easy to find the four is the number four Gen Z number four BTC. And that's how you can find me, my mom. So if you're like an adult, my mom is also running the account. So don't be afraid to reach out or anything. That's completely okay. And I'm open to talk to anybody that has questions or wants me to talk with them on a podcast or anything. I love being involved in talking to everybody. So, yep, that's me.
0: Great stuff, Ben. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one.